From True Africa, I'm Claude Wienitzki, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking religion. Africans are African in the practice of religion. I was a fighter, but now a peacemaker. Religious groups have also characterized me as a devil worshiper. Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And, no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. Africa is one of the most religious places in the world. Religion is integral to how many of us live our lives. Whether it's how we treat others, what we put in our bellies, or where we go to for advice. But religion also plays a part in how politicians and lawmakers govern us. Is this a good thing, or can it lead to conflict, ignorance, and oppression? I spoke to three guests, an academic, a pastor, and an atheist. And no, this is not the beginning of a bad joke. I asked them whether religion helps or harms development. Our first guest is Bakari Sambe, the director of the Timbuktu Institute. It focuses on religion and security issues. Art journalist Musan Gom in Senegal spoke to him. Does religion help or hinder development? Religion in itself neither helps nor harms development. It is more about how it is used. It can become a driving force to get people to work. Just look at the example of Europe with the emergence of capitalism through Protestantism. Protestant countries are far more entrepreneurial. We have seen it. We have also seen it with the Murid Brotherhood in Senegal and the Gambia. They teach that work is an act of worship. We have seen it with other groups that put work at the head of the belief system and make a link between work, development and their faith. So, it's not about religion itself, it's about how religion is used. If religion is a driving force behind development and a way to approach social and socio-economic problems in society, one that encourages solidarity and wealth creation, then yes, religion can be a tool for development. But if on the other end, religion becomes a way to size wealth, to get political power, if religion becomes an excuse for laziness, for avoiding work, or becomes a justification for passivity, then religion does not promote development. So it really comes down to its use. When it comes to development issues like health, equality and education, what's the difference between Abrahamic faiths and African religions? Yes. Abrahamic traditions are also called monotheistic faiths. Well, we often forget that there are also monotheistic belief systems in Africa. For example, among the Serer people in Senegal and in other cultures. But what's happened today is that our intellectuals criticize what we call westernization. They say that our elites have lost their roots and are closer to Western or European culture than their own. But they could also criticize in exactly the same way those Muslims who are unable to tell the difference between an Arab and a Muslim. 
and who consider that everything which comes from the Arab world is important and that everything that comes from our culture must be stamped out. African Muslims and African Christians are faced with the same paradox. These are both foreign religions, which consider our own traditional religions as sacrilegious. Africans are African in the practice of religion. They often incorporate tradition, protection spells, incantation, in short, the cult of the ancestors. These were fundamental to our traditional beliefs and have never left these places. Our second guest is Dr. James Wuye, a pastor from northern Nigeria. It's a region where there are many tensions between Muslims and Christians. In the 1980s and 90s, Dr. Wuye was involved in those conflicts. He even lost his hand fighting. He thought that his God wanted him to kill Muslims. But since then, he has had a change of heart. He now works with the Imam Dr. Muhammad Ashafa at their Interfaith Mediation Center, the IMC, where they preach tolerance and work on development issues together. He started off by introducing himself. Thank you so much. I am a pastor with the Assembly of God Northern Nigeria, co-executive director at the Interfaith Mediation Center, Kaduna, Nigeria, and I also serve on the African Union Interfaith Dialogue Forum. I was a fighter, but now a peacemaker. I lost my hand in the activities towards defending the church from perceived enemies. In those days, we see Muslims as our enemies. But now, after my turning point, I love the Muslim with a passion. Tell us about the Interfaith Mediation Center. The Interfaith Mediation Center was established in 1995 as a result of a chance meeting between I and Imam Muhammad Ashafa, who also was a very strong Muslim on the opposite side, fighting in the defense of Islam. Both of us came together by chance because um, some people within some faiths see the immunization as a deliberate ploy by the West to sterilize children. So it became imperative on the government to seek partnership with non-state actors. And that was how Imam and I came together and brought about the organization Interfaith Mediation. Fighters, enemies becoming friends and working together as one. How has the situation changed in Nigeria since you founded the IMC? As a result of our activities, Nigeria has actually moved forward. We have promoted tolerance among divided communities. Today, Christians are visiting Muslim institutions, including mosques. Muslims are visiting churches. The issue where in the past, at the slightest provocation, people will pounce on each other and destroy places of worship and sacred places, that also has reduced. There is understanding, increased understanding between clerics and followers of these two faiths. Does religion help or harm development? This is a two-edged sword. Religious beliefs have helped a lot because through religion now we have institutions, hospitals, and people have 
certain assistance that hitherto they never had. Education has improved. People are beginning to socialize better. But however, there are instances where manipulation of religion has caused harm to some people. The ignorant followers are manipulated. In that regard, we have certain belief system among some people who feel education was not right. That's why we have the incidents of Boko Haram and other religious fundamentalists around uh, our community. But that is gradually eroding because people are being educated. We are dealing with violence extremism. We are also training grassroots religious leaders to know how to manage this and even have their sermon tailored at inclusivity. For me, if religion is used positively, religion is an instrument of development, not the contrary. Third up is Harrison Mumia. He may be Kenya's most famous atheist. As an atheist, he does not believe in God, and he set up a society to bring together others without faith. But the Kenyan government has tried to outlaw the society, and he's been fired from his job, a decision he's currently appealing in the law courts. He told me what happened when he founded the Atheists in Kenya Society. When I registered the organization or the society, I appeared in very many media stations talking about atheism. I was in very many uh, news stories. I'm, I'm the most public atheist in Kenya right now. Presumably, you knew it was going to get you in trouble. Can you tell me why you formed the Atheist in Kenya Society? Yeah, I think uh, the first reason is because we have rights in Kenya to form societies. Our constitution guarantees us the right to form societies under the freedom of association. So I was exercising my rights. The second reason is because it is possible that there could be other atheists in Kenya. So to me, I think the, 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 the thing that I've done is to create space for people to start openly discussing this subject. Because before the existence of the society, you could not openly discuss this because God was seen as a given. But now I think uh, I'm happy that if you look at our Facebook page, it has 20,000 uh, people. And uh, if you come to our meetings, we normally meet you know, over 20 people at a, at a time. Um, so we've created a platform and various, uh, various platforms actually where Kenyans are able to openly discuss and debate this matter. Why do you think this debate is helpful? Because God does not exist. <laughs> you know, it sounds funny, but, um, you know, if you, if you live in a country where a lot of people are holding an opinion that there is God despite the doubts, and you, you, you realize you just need to form a society so that you open up the debate on this and um, create a space for people to, uh, to, to, to be open to more ideas than just one idea. Does religion harm development? Yeah, the Catholic Church in Kenya has been opposed to the right to abortion, which I find very, very repulsive. And I think this is suppressing the right of women to control and manage their own fertility. The other thing is um, 
you see, we have an education system in Kenya where if you're a Muslim, you can't learn Christianity, you can't learn atheism, you can't learn humanism, you know, you, you're restricted to Islam. And the church is the one which is making sure that that is the education system we have. And why do you think it's important to mock religion? The question of mockery has to arise from uh, who is who is feeling mocked. I mean, you know, the person who feels mocked is the one who is supposed to uh, deal with that. You know, we live in a world where ideas, you know, you can come up with an idea and people can mock, make fun of the idea and people can criticize the idea. You know, we should allow ideas to be criticized. And I think that is why I don't call it mockery. I just call it um, an ongoing engagement around an idea. Uh, let me also say, I'm also portrayed in very bad light in Kenya, by the way. Religious groups have also uh, characterized me as a devil worshiper. And I don't feel like I'm being mocked. This is just part of a conversation that is ongoing. What we need to do is to open up these conversations, let people say what they want to say, and then if I have to respond, let me respond. And what role would you like religion to play in public life? Yeah, basically, um, religion should be something that to me is very personal. We should never have a so-called dominant religion or dominant religions. When it comes to our laws, we should never have religion determining what laws are supposed to be passed in Parliament. We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless, and so are the solutions to challenges we face. Our three contributors gave us a lot to think about, and they all had very different perspectives. That, for me, was the most important takeaway. We will only foster tolerance and understanding through discussion. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Brunitsky. The Limitless Podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Scene Fire Foundation.